When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader. Welcome to the Sooner Sports Podcast, presented by Riverwind and Allstate. Now, here's your host, Chris Plank. All right, welcome into the Sooner Sports Podcast. It's a Monday, so you might say, all right, Plank, so you and Toby did the huddle last week. Why is it just now dropping today? Well, first of all, national championship game tonight. I wanted to make sure that we had an opportunity to preview a little bit of Bama and Ohio State. And still, there's time to look back at the Cotton Bowl. Also, I really wanted to showcase the Legacy Series last week, and I didn't want to kind of just clog up your feed with uh, all of our regular shows. wanted to give everyone an opportunity to download and, and listen and hopefully enjoy the Legacy Series. It's something that... A lot of hard work goes into it. Uh, Hopefully a lot of great memories come back. And I hope you enjoyed it. And I want your feedback. If there's a story you want us to dive deeper into, uh, if there's things you want to have done differently, I know there's there's a couple people that are jumping on me about classic broadcast. And first of all, just to give you a full disclaimer, the classic broadcasts were started uh, during the summer. And they were kind of as a way to bridge the gap in the spring between you know not having sports and getting us back to where sports return uh also in just true honesty i mean i i mean there's just not a really good record of them we went back to 2000 and that's only 20 years ago and like there wasn't even the the full radio broadcast of the orange or excuse me of the uh, nebraska game and we couldn't find a full broadcast of the texas game and uh, it's not just the, the, it's not anyone's fault. It's just history happens and you throw things away or things aren't kept. So the guys out at Learfield IMG College, Eric Nichols, they, they've grinded hard to help us find it. Uh, I've gone through, say, our buddy Michael Dean and trying to dig through the records. So we're still working really hard to bring more uh, content like that to the podcast feed. Just the reality is I'm not, I'm not trying to keep something from you. Uh, it's just it's the reality of – what we do and what we don't have. And right now, kind of pre-2000, there's just not a lot of full 
radio broadcasts that are out there. But um, I haven't given up. I, I'm assuming and I'm hoping that the classic broadcast will make a return in some way, shape, or form during our summer months. But in a lot of ways, I give that disclaimer because the Legacy Series gives us an opportunity to really dig deep into storytelling and give you almost a classic broadcast-type feel to the podcast. So if you have questions or thoughts, you can always hit us up on Twitter at OUOnTheAir or me personally, PlankShow at gmail.com. I would love to hear from you. So there's a little housekeeping to get things started. Uh, Toby and I sat down and looked back on the Cotton Bowl and got you ready for the national championship game tonight with the huddle. So let's do it. A little football talk on a Monday with the huddle here on the Shooter Sports Podcast. Hi, everybody, and welcome to Rudy's Country Store and Barbecue. On a Thursday night, it is time for the huddle. We got two hours of Sooner Sports Talk coming your way. This is not Teddy Lehman. <laughs> this is Chris Plank. Please welcome Chris Plank, everybody. You, you heard him on those highlights there off the top as the uh, Sooners handled Florida in the Cotton Bowl 55-20. Football season's over, but it can't handle this show. This show <laughs> continues for a while. We're going to be talking OU football for the next several months and uh, we got the huddle coming for the next 60 minutes. And then an hour from now, Lon Kruger and Sherry Cole will be alongside our first basketball edition of Sooner Sports Talk this year. But, Chris, how you doing? I'm good. Happy I'm New good. Year. I, I'm excited to recap the Cotton Bowl with you. Talk about that crazy man calling the highlights in the <laughs> open. We really missed you. But glad you're back and healthy. It was fun to listen to you on the Baylor game last night with Coach Kruger and Coach Cole coming up. We got uh, hoops to recap. And, man, we still have time. To celebrate this Cotton Bowl victory, yeah. a complete and total domination from the Sooners offensively and defensively and his special teams. Just about a week ago now, let's take a look at the highlights. This was in Arlington, Texas. OU in Florida in the Cotton Bowl Classic down there. And what a start on the opening drive. Mims got a little separation, and I don't know if I gave that throw enough credit from Spencer Rattler. And look, it's your boy, Trey Norwood. Trey has since declared for the NFL draft, but holy smokes, what a job he did. Uh, Teddy talked about this on the broadcast. That was all film work. He knew what was coming, and he was prepared for it. Uh, speaking of interceptions, now I want to give a big kudos here to all of the people at Sooner Vision because for some reason I saw the armbands, Toby, and I called that a buki interception. I apologize if Brian Osamoa post game, but uh, Osamoa made a great play. No reason and, to call yourself out like that. Yeah, I just feel like if I do, and you guys don't have to, <laughs> but Woody Washington, holy smokes. How good was this secondary and this defense to start the First game? First three game? drives for the Heisman finalist, Kyle Trask, <laughs> all interceptions. That's not him. That's, That's Surrender Cobra in the first quarter. First quarter. Sooners, like you said, shot out of a cannon in this game. Florida would close it to 17-13. You thought we had a tussle, but this was a big sequence here before halftime, Chris. Yeah, and, uh, you know, this was just two very simple plays that Oklahoma did a great job. Look at Jeremiah Hall blocking downfield. Did a great job of executing. And then, you know, this, this play right here, Spencer takes another shot at the goal line, but just tumbles right into the end zone. Those two scores at that moment, you went into the halftime locker room and you thought, Ooh. we're not going anywhere. And then Seth McGowan, I'm sure he took some grief in the running back meeting right. room for tired. getting caught from behind. <laughs> he ran out of gas. <laughs> Hadn't got a carry in a while. 73-yard run there sets up another score. They were uh. piling on now. Ramondre Stevenson gets loose in the Gators secondary. What a night he had. Yeah, and, and not to give away much of the show. Look at this but run. 
I think I said big hole on this run, too, by the way. There was no hole there, and he danced <laughs> through just about everyone to get into the end zone. I can't wait to talk more about Ramondre. I love this play, too, by Brian Osimo. This is a fourth down play. You know, it's the, the game's very much done, but here's this defense still with a four-score difference, and they're putting that fourth for that kind of effort. And, you know, Spencer Rattler, I, I, I'm so excited about this this, I guess, dimension of his game, how he can run. And then the final catch for ball out Charlie in a Sooner uniform makes a play in the corner of the end zone. Uh, just all around a dominating performance. Should have unhitched the wagon here, by the way, Toby. Marcus Major stays in bounds, able to weave his way into the end zone. And Oklahoma puts up a double nickel Woo! on the Gators. One of the better Gatorade dumps of all time as well. 55-20, the final at the stats are pretty, folks. Let's soak this in for a bit. <laughs> 684 yards of offense. Look at those rushing numbers for Amandre and the gang. 435 yards on the ground. You know, the thing that you don't see here is that the Sooners were their own worst enemy early, too. Yeah, you see three interceptions, but you don't see the two turnovers early. And those two turnovers could have ended up being a massive difference in the game. And what happened? They held Florida to field goals. Those were turnovers in their own territory, Toby. And it really it really helped open up the door for this offense. Gosh, it still blows my mind that they had 684 yards of total offense. It was a good night. It was a good night. They pasted the Gators 55-20 Oklahoma in the win column in the Cotton Bowl. So you got a lot of guys to choose from player of the game-wise. Who'd you go with? Went with Ramondre. I mean, I, I, to me, Ramondre Stevenson, you know, there's there's a lot of questions. There's a lot of uh, rumors about what his future might be. He's going to play on Sundays at some point in his career. But I, I just thought from the opening bell, he set a tone, not just with, look at that stiff arm. Oh, my gosh. What would you say there, Toby? You sit down. Get off of me. Um, the final numbers were a Cotton Bowl record, 186 yards. He had a touchdown average, 10 yards per carry. But I just thought in the way that he ran early, the uh, how he was patient and then attacked the hole when it was there, he set a tone that was, I mean, incredible for this game. In other words, you talk about bringing juice. If you're juiceless, you're useless. <laughs> Ramondre Stevenson brought the juice, and it wasn't just in the first half. I mean, this is in the third quarter. This is still one of the best runs I think I've ever seen. That's fantastic. And he still finds a way to get it done. So, Ramondre Stevenson to me, I mean, you could have picked any of those running backs, but he was the one that really kind of set the tone for me on Wednesday night. I think you've got to remember, too, in hindsight, and we'll get back to that in just a second, because my player of the game was actually Alex Grinch. Ah, well, I'm going to the sidelines. Alex Grinch and the defense, I think, verified the season in the Cotton Bowl. You know, that defense got better and better as the year went along. The pass rush became dominant by the end of the year. They started getting all those takeaways that they've been asking for. But you said, yeah, that was the Big 12. Can they do it in a bowl game? Last year, they had a, a better season defensively. Then they got to the Peach Bowl, and LSU tore them apart. It was very important that they continue the momentum defensively that they had built this season into this game, and they did it. And I know Florida was missing some guys in the wide receiving core, but they still had Kyle Trask in an SEC offense and one of the most explosive offenses in the country this year, and they turned them over on the first three possessions and looked fantastic, and that's what you got now going into next year. You got swagger, you got belief, 
You got a defense with an attitude that feels like they're really good, and that is priceless to Alex Grinch oh, and Lincoln Riley. The uh, foundation has been set defensively. The expectation has been set defensively, and that expectation, you know, it's going to be impossible if not R ridiculous to think of shutouts every single week in this league, but to see what they did in the Cotton Bowl, to see what they did throughout this season, T-Row, I'm so excited for the defensive future. It's, you know, there's still some questions about guys, right? Sure. There, there might, there's some guys that have decisions to make over the next couple of weeks, but regardless, you know, you saw David Aguebu and they're making plays. Brian Asamoah. You think about Shane Witter. Yeah. was playing early played in this game and making plays. Uh, guys that haven't played this year. Caleb Kelly's going to be back. Justin Harrington off an injury. The new guys that Both have come in. Both of the in. young corners that played in that game. Woody, Woody Washington. Washington. DJ Graham. Jade Davis. DJ yeah. Graham. DJ Graham. All right. Uh, we could spend a whole hour on DJ Graham. Welcome to the DJ Graham show. Welcome. And, and I'm his number one fan right now because <laughs> what does he do as a corner? He goes up and he tackles. He's a physical corner. And I, I, I'm so excited for this defense's future. And I'm very jealous that you picked Alex Grinch. Well, That's a I want to circle back and, and retweet your Ramondre Stevenson pick because uh, it's easy to forget because of how good they were in the Cotton Bowl that the two games prior to that, we were concerned about the sure. running game. Sure. They had not run the ball very well at all, and you you wondered if they could do it against a SEC front like Florida. Holy cow, did they do it. <laughs> they did it in a uh, big-time way. Yep. Uh, coming up, by the way, next week, we're going to be having a fun show for you here on The Huddle. We'll have our end-of-the-season awards for the Sooners. I don't even know what all of them are yet. Maybe offensive MVP, defensive MVP, but it'll be a fun show. Be sure and join us next week for our end-of-season Sooner Awards show. We'll take a break. When we come back, a little deeper dive into the Cotton Bowl offense, defense, drive of the game, that kind of stuff. You're watching The Huddle brought to you by Bud Light. Welcome back to Rudy's Country Store and Barbecue. It is always football season on the huddle. Our opening <laughs> segment tonight is always brought to you by Noble McIntyre at McIntyre Law, the law firm you should turn to for all of your personal injury needs. Oklahoma beats Florida in the Cotton Bowl, the Goodyear Cotton Bowl, 55-20. to 20. Let's take a look now at our drive of the game, brought to you by Pike Pass, the fastest, safest, most efficient way to travel. Oklahoma, Kansas, and Texas. Hey, Sooners, don't get past. Get Pike Pass. Chris Plank, our drive of the game is the opening drive of the game because this is when the Sooners set the tone for this one. Yeah, this was a little bit of everything. You know, and it, what, what's wild about it is how quickly they were able to strike. And you saw a couple power runs. There's a quick out to ball out Charlie. Offensive line asserting itself. Look at that block by Adrian Ely. Oh, is he going to be missed? Big time run around the end for Ramondre Stevenson. And then Toby, that touch that we've come to dig from this redshirt freshman quarterback who had a standout season. Uh, Spencer Rattler, a couple more runs here. But in just in the way that he is able to place the ball, I know we talk about it a lot, and Teddy kind of makes fun of me for it, but the ball just comes out of his hand differently. I don't know how else to put it. It's impressive. And he's getting hit. He's and got he's a, getting hit. He's well, got he an alligator it. all over him when he throws that football, and he puts it on a pillow for Marvin Mims. 27-yard touchdown. That is our pike pass drive of the game. You know, one of the special things about this game on Saturday my man here was on the microphone. I was. That first touchdown was pretty fun to watch. <laughs> if you if you checked out the in the booth feed, we're not this showing year, this right. They had a camera on us while we were calling the games all year. So I was home. I opted out of the Cotton Bowl. I got the COVID thing, and it was you know I was miserable. Opted out. But I was home, and I got to watch in the booth for the first time. So I got to watch Chris and Teddy call the game. This was fun. Here's the oh, first touchdown. Oh my. 
Snap to Rattler. Looks deep. Throws deep. Towards the end zone. Mims. He's got it. Touchdown, Oklahoma. Touchdown, Sooners. Marvin Mims. And Oklahoma's on another level to start this game. A 27-yard touchdown strike from Rattler to Mims. And Oklahoma strikes first. That's fantastic. Oh That's our man, Stats Kelly, there in the middle. He's crunching the numbers. Ted, Ted with no emotion whatsoever. No, no emotion. None. Drake, none. Drake Dyken was in the back there, but he's he gave me a fist short. pump. You yeah. See him. You yeah, he was kind of hit a little bit underneath things. We had the uh, good luck monster for our man, Dad, Greg, Greg Blackwood. Blackwood. If you watch it again, it was up behind us. Uh, there. I had your binoculars there, which again, you should know this. That angle when you hear Toby call the Big Twelve championship games and the bowl games, oh. we've been there. Uh, it's not very easy. So whenever he is money on those lines of scrimmage and where the ball is, I don't know how you did it. I called most of the game. It's through because binoculars. you're on the sidelines telling me what yard line the ball <laughs> is normally. But outstanding job. It was fun, man. man. It Thanks, was a lot guys. of fun to uh, listen to Chris. Sooners win the game 55-20. Here's what Lincoln and the guys had to say afterwards. You know, we, we decided we were going to be a team on a mission, and and we said we were going to we were going to finish no matter what happened. Uh, that we wanted to that we wanted to make a statement with the way that we played, and we didn't want that to be just a part-time statement. And uh, so just encouraging our guys and, and, and also re- making sure that our guys remember, one, the quality opponent on the other sideline, and also the fact that you've only got one quarter left, you know, one quarter left for this team. Some guys one quarter left in their careers, uh, and you'll remember that quarter, so let's make sure we remember it the right way. You know, we wanted to go out there and prove something, and uh, we got to go against a quality opponent up front. So... Uh... <laughs> We were really excited to go out there and prove what we were about. And then, obviously, whenever we have the running backs we have in our rooms, then uh, it makes our jobs easier. So it was a fun game. To be able to come here and contribute the way I have this season, I mean, it's it's all to the coaches and to the other players on the team. You know, it's not easy coming in here, you know, as a freshman and trying to, you know, prove a point to other guys. But, I mean, the guys in the receiver room, they help me every day, help me with my routes, help me with understanding the game a lot better. So it's all to my team. Us players, we put it out there on film. And especially after that, Iowa State lost the first time. Ever since then, we've been firing on all cylinders. Uh, you know, that's getting takeaways, you know, TFL, sacks, stopping the runs, you know, big, big things like that. And we've been able to do that against, you know, majority every opponent ever since that game, no matter what conference they play in. This this was a game we wanted to come out here and and uh, as Coach Riley said, we wanted to, you know, make this a statement. And uh, as a group, uh, we did that well. And, you know, now going into next year, we could be confident and just play clear minded, cut, cut it loose and just play at 110 percent all the time and execute our job. Going into the 2021 season off a win, you know, it's it's a big accomplishment because, you know, we haven't been able to do that for these past three seasons. So that's that's a lot of momentum pushing in to the next season. And, you know, our defense played outstanding today. You know, we could, we had things we could have did better, but Coach Grinshaw always tells us you're not going to beat our team scoring in threes and with Coach Riley's high-powered offense and, you know, that show tonight. It's hard to explain right now. I mean, it is. It's It's been a – it's been a – Difficult, but at the same time, it's it's really been a lot of fun, too. I mean, it, it really has. I mean, all anybody wants to talk about is how tough this year's been, and it has been challenging, but at the same time, man, it's it's been a blast to see these guys come together, uh, to see the staff come together, and, you know, not say poor us and, and try to find solutions to anything that came our way and continue to work regardless of what was going on around us. And uh, we've done that. And uh, so I'll remember that. I'll remember how, how close this team really came, um, really came together, uh, how close they became during this run and and uh and then certainly being able to close out like we did here the last several weeks is uh makes it all the better a soggy lincoln riley there <laughs> after the game you were you were down there to interview him uh afterwards he said he was uh 
about as happy as you've ever seen him, huh? Man, I love seeing Lincoln Riley have success. I mean, I think fans of Sooner football realized it from watching this show, uh, from hearing his post-game interviews, from watching his press conferences. He's just, he's, he's a great guy. And he's a great football coach. He's a great dad. He's a great person. He's a great husband. He's a... Uh, it's exciting to see this team's future with him as its leader. Yeah. And it's exciting to see how happy he gets after a win like that. Great fisherman. He's probably somewhere. He's probably fishing right now. Right yeah, he's got a little now. time. Great fisherman yeah. from what they all say. Well, we want to spotlight a few other guys before we uh, put a close to the Cotton Bowl. How about the wide receivers? You saw Marvin Mims there. First time we've had a chance to hear from Marvin this year. Very well spoken. This was a big play when Florida was trying to make their comeback. Theo Weiss on a little crossing pattern able to take it to the house. Yeah. But T. Weezy, is that what we're going with? I like six yards. You know, this has been really fun this year because, you know, and and this isn't a knock on anyone, but over the last couple of years, your interviews would be the quarterbacks uh, and then Kenneth Murray and maybe a running back mixed in. This year, we've got a chance to talk to a lot of guys, and the Oez was one of them. Marvin Mims was one of them. Charleston Rambo was one of them. Uh, this is a big kick return here that set things up for the Sooners after they held the field goal. But this wide receiver position is so stacked for the future. I mean, and, and to hear Marvin Mims finally get a chance to talk to him in the post game, he's just going to get bigger and stronger and more durable. He was finally healthy near the end of the season. Think about a Jaden Hazelwood in yep. the slot with Drake Stoops. Think about the guys that are coming in with, with the OEs. Austin Stogner, 100% Mikey healthy. Anderson. I mean, they're... I, I am so excited for the weapons that this team will have for Spencer Rattler over the next couple of years. And speaking of Rattler, Toby, how impressed were you with his development and how calm and cool he truly became as this season progressed? It was, a, it was an impressive journey that uh, he had this year. You know, he came in with all the hype, the five stars, following on the heels of Kyler and Baker and, and Jalen Hurts. And he got off to a little bit of a rocky start. He wasn't terrible early on, but he had a couple of bad turnovers and got benched in that Texas game. And, boy, he could have gone south, but he, he gathered himself that Saturday in the – Cotton Bowl Stadium against Texas finished strong, had a tremendous overtime there. And then the rest of the year played like a pro, man. I mean, he just calm in the pocket, made great decisions, uh, didn't gamble when he didn't have to. But when he was asked to make a big throw, he delivered. I thought he handled himself with a lot of maturity. The Gator chop. <laughs> he handled himself uh, in interviews and and uh, gave credit where it was due, so very impressed. Defensively, uh, I know Teddy loves talking about the linebackers, but I think that's another position this year where we saw a lot of development and we saw a lot of depth that was grown. You know, and, and I'm always going to talk about the guys that we get to talk to, and you see Brian Asamoah making play after play love after play. Love the black shoes, by the way, Yeah, and, and the and tape. I, and I'll tell you what, I love his personality. What was it? Lions don't uh, bother themselves with the opinion of sheep was, uh, was a line sure. he dropped in the postgame show. I have truly become as big of a Brian Asamoah fan as you can find. And he sets the tone. And think about that inside backer position going forward. Brian Asamoah, Shane Witter, David Aguebu, Deshaun White. Uh, a Jamal Morris who shifted inside and showed some promise. They've got a couple of new guys coming in. I mean, Brian Odom has it going on right now, Toby, and that inside back room is just going. Look at Aguebu. Do you two making plays? <laughs> a couple of plays there from David Aguebu who flashed this year. I think he'll be maybe a more consistent contributor next year. Nick Benito 
did more than flash this year. He became a star for him. PFF had him ranked as the top rush in in college football this year. Now, again, pro football focus knows more about numbers than I'll ever know about anything in my life. But <laughs> think about how much better he's going to get with more time with Vinny Wiley and more time with Jamar Kane and understanding the responsibilities. I mean, Nick Benito is going to be something pretty special. Here's the uh, little bit of pa of uh, Witter. You were talking about Shane Witter. Him making plays. Saw extended playing time in the Cotton Bowl. A true freshman that I know Teddy and, and the defensive coaches love. And, and, and more than anything, this defense has an attitude. Speed D isn't That's just right. some slogan. It's not a hashtag. It's not a marketing phrase. It is what they are. They're going to get after you. They're going to force turnovers. And they've completely... They've completely changed an entire mindset, T-Row, and it's fun to see. I thought it was great to see Pat Fields play as well as he did as well. Uh, team high, seven tackles. He wow. got his first career interception there in the Big 12 championship game late in the season. And, um, I, you know, all across the board defensively, but especially there on the back end, we saw significant improvement this year. Delarian Turner-Yell had a fantastic year yeah, as well. Yeah, you know, the safeties quietly had a really good season. And, you know, they, I think they took it personally. What happened against Iowa State, there was a lot of opportunities on the road in Ames where they could have made plays and either dropped interceptions or couldn't finish it. But they got better as the season went along. And then I get excited about the future of that safety position. You know, Trey Norwood's moving on, but there was a guy named Justin Harrington who looked like a linebacker that was out there all season long after an injury. You've got guys like Bryson Washington, Jeremiah Cradell, who are ready to go. I mean, Speed D is, uh, they're all about takeaways, but my gosh, they're developing some depth right now in that second. They racked them up there. Once a slow start, we were all wondering, you know, where's all the takeaways that Alex <laughs> Grinch has been preaching about? And then they came flooding in three against Texas, three against Tech, two against Kansas, two against Baylor, three in the Big 12 championship game, three more all in the first quarter wow. of the Cotton Bowl, and they take a ton of momentum into next year. We'll take a timeout. When we come back, let's talk about the NFL playoffs. Baker Mayfield has done something special. You're watching The Huddle. The Huddle is brought to you by Rudy's. Bringing you the best in barbecue. Academy Sports and Outdoors. The preferred sporting goods retailer of Sooner Sports. Anheuser-Busch. Whenever there's a game to watch, there's a Bud Light there. Sport Clips. It's good to be a guy. Riverwind. Still the one. First four years for Lincoln Riley, he has the new standard 45 wins in four years, two more than Bob Stoops, four more than Barry Switzer. I mean, in different seasons, different numbers of games, you got to factor that in. But what you, uh, what you have to acknowledge is uh, Lincoln Riley is in lofty company right <laughs> as, there with his start to his coaching career at OU. As our man Gabe Eichert would say, is that good? Is that is that good? Forty five wins in your first I mean, four years. I think I mean, you got to get a magnifying glass out to find a guy on that page that is not a Hall of Famer. All <laughs> right. Impressive. I mean, so well done by Lincoln Riley. And one of the staples, the biggest staple of the Lincoln Riley era so far has been outstanding quarterback play. And that has been on display in the NFL this season. Uh, a magical year for Sooners at the next level. Kyler Murray was in the MVP talk early on, Chris, he completes 67% of his passes this year. We'll get back to Baker in a second. Jalen Hurts took over the starting job in Philadelphia, and I think he's going to hang on to it. 
even though his coach tried to submarine him there. I was going to say, Jalen Hurts was so good, they took him out of the game so they wouldn't win. C.D. Lamb, 74 catches, six touchdowns, and, and uh, definitely some highlight plays for uh, the Cowboys this year. Great first year for Kenneth Murray. Yeah, you know, and I, listen, I am a huge fan of the NFL, so I watch all these guys every Sunday, as I know you do and many, uh, many of you listening right now do as well. But Kenneth Murray did this with the Chargers in a year when Joey Bosa was battling injuries most of the season. He was thrust into a starting role due to injuries and winning the job at that Mike Backer position in the National Football League. CeeDee Lamb, was, what, the third receiver that went in the first round after Henry Ruggs and Jerry Judy? He put up numbers that dwarfed theirs. And, I mean, obviously, Kyler Murray, if he stays healthy, look out. He's probably in this MVP conversation. So, a heck of a season, including three rookies that really made a difference for their teams in 2021. Not on the – or 2020, excuse me. Not on this list. Guys like Mark Andrews, Sterling Shepard. Mark Andrews really had good an unbelievable ben year. Ben Powers Hollywood stepped into the Brown. starting lineup for the Bra- uh, Ravens. Hollywood Brown, Orlando too. Brown, Trent oh. Williams went to the pro. So good with Kyler Murray. So great year for the Sooners. Now let's talk about Baker because what he has done is historic this year. The Browns are back in the playoffs, folks. I mean, uh, let that rattle around in your brain for a second. (laughs) It's been since 2002. You think our man Craig Moran had any fun putting this graphic together? Yeah, you kidding me? As a diehard Browns Browns fan, fan, he probably loves this. And, And here's what impresses me about what Baker has done. It was a whole new regime from the group that drafted him. When he was drafted, you know, it was Hugh Jackson. Um, They they had a different general manager. Everyone is different. So he's had to adjust, and he's adjusted what Kevin Stefanski wants. The guy that was eating at the salad bar in West Virginia with his hands. Why do I keep wanting to say John Dorsey? Is that it? Uh, I think you're close. Yeah. yeah. If not, it's close. (laughs) He was the general manager. And and what has he done? And, And under constant scrutiny, for some reason. You know, you have national media that likes to take shots at Baker because they know he's he's going to respond. They know he's going to respond. So they'll they'll take the little debate that they can have. But I mean, are you kidding me? When he when he came to the Browns, they were 0 16 the previous season. Winning a game two years ago was a big deal. And now he's got him in the playoffs. It's incredible. I just wish he could land a commercial. The poor guy. He if he could just have a spot somewhere. <laughs> One you know? interception in the last nine games. That's remarkable. And he's got the Browns in the playoffs. Now, unfortunately, their head coach has COVID. They got two assistants that have COVID. They got a couple of players, including one of his offensive linemen, Antonio, that's got COVID. So they got their work cut out for him going into Pittsburgh on Sunday night. You give him a chance? I give him a chance, but I think it's going to be tough. I I don't want to get off on a rant here, um, so you might reel me back in. But I wish the NFL would step in and maybe give him a couple extra days. I know we're in the playoffs and we're on a tight schedule, but their coaches, or at least let their coach coach from home. You know, we're in a virtual age, so I think it's going to be tough for them. You know who I do like, though? I do like our boys in Baltimore. Oh, really? The Ravens? I kind of like what the Ravens have going right now. You're going to need Lamar Jackson to play better in the playoffs than he has in the past. Last year was not good for Lamar Jackson in the playoffs. But with the way, you know, and again, I mentioned it already, but you have two Sooners starting on that offensive line. And then you add the tight end with what Mark Andrews has done. Uh, Hollywood Brown is playing well. I mean, this is is a team that has found kind of another level as they get set for the playoffs. They're at Tennessee in uh, the first game. Who knocked them out last year. Yeah, that'll be a good game. Revenge. Derrick Henry's doing something. We'll take a timeout. When we come back on the huddle, we'll take a look at the New Year's Day Six Bowls. And uh, coming up, we're going to give you our picks for who's going to win this year's national championship. It's the huddle brought to you by Bud Light. 
We want to thank all of our Sooner Radio Network affiliates across the state and region. Fans can check out Soonersports.com for an affiliate in your area. And if you're traveling outside the state of Oklahoma, you can listen to all the action on either Sirius XM Radio or download the TuneIn app and listen free. OU's football games are available on Exodus 96.5 FM in Oklahoma City and 101.5 FM El Patron in Tulsa, as well as on those stations' websites. Each OU Spanish broadcast will feature a 30-minute pregame show and a 15-minute postgame show. Log on to Soonersports.com slash kids for information about joining the Sooner Junior Kids Club presented by OG&E. Brought to you in part by Orthodontics Exclusively. Hi, everybody. Toby and Chris back with you. It's uh, We're at uh, Sooner Sports Talk. Excuse me. We're at the Huddle at Rudy's Country Store and Barbecue. And it's time for a New Year's Six Bowl recap brought to you by Kincaid Coach Lines, the official motor coach carrier of OU Athletics. Visit KincaidCoach.com for more information. Let's start down in Atlanta, the Peach Bowl. Georgia taking on the top group of five contender this year, Cincinnati. This was a great football game. Chris. Yeah, it was. Uh, I'm preparing y'all now. The postseason into the preseason Georgia hype is going to be off the charts with JT Daniels announcing his return. But, t I think what I came away from this game knowing was that Cincinnati belonged. Yeah, they were good. You know, a lot of times whenever you have these group of five v. power five matchups, they can get ugly. But the last two times with UCF and what they did to Auburn a couple of years ago in Cincinnati, you know, it took a some poor clock management late by Luke Fickle uh, and then just an absolute nails of a field goal opportunity for Georgia to walk away with his W. It was a, it was a really, really fun game. That was a good game. It looked like Cincinnati had it won and then their offense just stalled out in the second half. That Georgia that. defense took over. and Wow. Uh, that was a monster of a field goal. JT Daniels throws for 392 yards, and Georgia wins the Peach Bowl in a thriller. The Orange Bowl was the last of the New Year's Day six bowls, Texas A&M and North Carolina. For much of the game here, it looked like old Mac Brown may have gotten his uh, the Aggies, just like back in the old days, but... A&M came on strong in the fourth. So get to know this name. This is Sam Howell. He's probably going to be talked about a lot in the Heisman conversation, along with Spencer Rattler heading into the season. And you're right, North Carolina, boy, they were representing early on. This was a powerful offense throughout a majority of the season. Look at that arm on Sam Howell. But, you know, give A&M credit. We talked about a lot of times with a group of five teams when they go into these games, so they might struggle. Here's Kellen Mond, who is now NFL bound. He declared today for the NFL draft. You know, this was a this was a team that got left out in Texas A&M at the 14 playoff and went out and took care of business. Did they convince you they should have been in instead of Notre Dame? No. But I will say this, a team that played in Arlington sure did. That's just me. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, impressive when they pulled away late. But, you know, it's, it's easy to say that. I'm sure we'll talk about the Notre Dame game in a bit. But I would have loved to have seen A&M's offensive line go against Alabama's defensive line. Eight chain, 140 yards and mm. two touchdowns. Watching Jimbo on the sidelines call plays, he always looks like a tourist that's lost his way. <laughs> He's got all these folders, glasses on the end of his nose. This is the Fiesta Bowl, Iowa State. And Oregon and Iowa State caps off a dream season 
with a impressive performance. They beat the Ducks 34-17. And the good news continued. A lot of guys coming back for Iowa State next year. Brock Purdy has declared that he's coming back. Look at that. Just enough for Brocktober to get into the end zone. Uh, they did everything right. And this was definitely a year to forget. Magnified by that play for the Pac-12. We'll see if they can get things righted for 2021 and play a full season. But, yeah, impressive performance from Brees Hall and the Cyclones pulling away from Oregon in that game. Brees Hall goes for 136 yards. Had him on my Heisman ballot. How did you vote in the Heisman Trophy? I, I had Devontae Smith one. I had Brees Hall two on my Heisman I got ballot. no problem so. with that at all. He had a fantastic year, that's for sure. Meanwhile, in the national semifinals, we'll start with the Sugar Bowl what a performance by Justin Fields and the Buckeyes. Yeah, and early on, it looked like they might get run out of the stadium. You know, Trevor Lawrence and Clemson went right, right down, down the field. field. 80 yards in the first play. Look at the future Jacksonville Jaguar find the end zone. <laughs> but then from that point forward, Toby, I think we know this guy, right? Trey Sermon, Preach. the minister, into the end zone. <laughs> that was a... Uh, that was a rough night on social media for uh, a couple of people after Trey Sermon had his night that he did. But, you know, Ohio State just kept coming and coming and blowing away Clemson in this game. I mean, they never gave up uh, on Saturday. Or, excuse me, this will be on a Thursday or Friday night, excuse me. You get there eventually. It's seven days. Uh, yeah, I, I, I could have gone with any day <laughs> ending and why. But I, I loved – I wanted to bring this up. I loved what – the broadcast did and constantly looking back and comparing things that happened in last year's Fiesta Bowl to plays that happened this year. Yeah. From, you know, the fumble missed call last year to a couple of routes that were broken off. And this year they ended up in big plays like this. Bam. So Ohio State, very Dabble impressive. ranked him number 11 in his final poll. What? The Buckeyes okay. didn't like that what? too much. So they, uh, why would you, for. I know your, your ballot's going to be public, but why would you go die on that hill when that's the team you're playing? I'll never understand. Not that. the, not Dabo's brightest moment. No, probably. but impressive. And I can't wait to see this matchup between Mac Jones and Justin Fields on Monday night, Ohio state into the championship game and they will face Alabama. Roll Tide had no problem with Notre Dame. 31, 14. You know, it's, uh, oh, my gosh, Najee Harris, what are you doing? That was one of those moments where you just kind of thought this, this thing could get ugly, and it did. You know, I, I kind of felt, though, and, and Nick Saban is, is a, one of the greatest coaches in college football history. There was enough late in that game that Alabama didn't do to where they could nitpick, and some thought maybe they pulled off the accelerator just a little bit. But, man, Alabama – who do you stop? Do you stop Devontae Smith? Okay, well, guess what? Mac Jones can burn you throwing and running the football. Now Jalen Waddle might come back for Monday night's championship game. Najee Harris running like that. How are you going to slow down this defensive line? This is going to be one heck of a battle Monday night between Ohio State and Alabama. I think Chris might be tipping his hand as uh -oh. to who he's going to pick coming uh -oh. up in the national championship <laughs> game. Alabama and Ohio State. Well, you add it all up, though, for the Big 12. They go 5-0. and Oklahoma wins the Cotton Bowl. We saw Iowa State win the Fiesta Bowl. Oklahoma State able to get by Miami in a very good game in the Cheez-It Bowl down yep. in Orlando. Texas, you got to give Tom Herman credit for one thing. He was very good in bowl games. <laughs> they won again. They dominated Colorado. And West Virginia won a thriller. Austin Kendall leading them from behind as they beat Army in the Liberty Bowl. So an undefeated bowl season for the Big 12. Does that say anything sure, to you? Absolutely. But then every time you brag about an undefeated season, what ends up happening? 
well, it's just a bowl game. It's an exhibition. And there were teams that had players opt out. It's almost like you can't win anymore unless you win a playoff game in the minds of kind of the national media. But to me, you've got to go beat the teams that are in front of you. And the Big 12 did it. And they did it in impressive fashion. And they're Wait, Texas put 50 on the board, right? Oklahoma 55, put 50, yeah. 50 on the board. But for the most part, these were grinded out games. You know, they had to go out and play. I mean, the Oklahoma State-Miami game was a grinded out game where Miami had two opportunities late and couldn't get it done. So I, I'm, I'm really happy for the Big 12. And I think it's something that you do flex your muscle a little bit and say 5-0 and is 5-0. and You know, hate right. all you want, but it's an undefeated bowl season. I think it's uh, – well, I, I do think for sure the Big 12 got better defensively Absolutely. this year. And might have been second best conference when you add it all up. The ACC fell flat on its face in bowl season. Ohio State's fantastic out of the Big Ten, but beyond that, they weren't much. And I think this was a year in which the perception of the Big 12 went up a bit, but they do have to win a playoff game. That's they the do have to win a national championship before uh, everybody's going to start giving them the, the respect they want yeah. anyway. Continue to churn out first-round picks. Continue to you get, get quarterbacks leading teams that haven't gone to the playoffs to the playoffs like Baker's done with the Browns. Hopefully Kyler can do it and Jalen can do it and win a playoff game. And then I think the whole narrative changes. It's all cyclical, right? We're not too far away from Clemsoning being a thing. Right. Where it's they can never win a big game. Now look what they've been doing year after year. So... Uh, I think it's just a matter of time. What did Lincoln Rally say a couple years ago to we're holding one of those skinny trophies? I think it's just a matter of time, but for the Big 12, we, we need to see this conference get a playoff win, period. Could be a fun year next year. We'll see. We'll take a break. When we come back, we'll tally up the final pick'em totals Ooh, for the huddle this year. Big time. Who won? Did Teddy make a big comeback late? I don't know. I haven't seen it yet. We'll find out together, and we'll make our picks on the national championship game right after this. Welcome back, everybody. Final segment of the huddle. Stick around, though. We've got Lon Kruger and Sherry Cole coming up. Sooner Sports Talk Basketball Edition and special programming coming your way later tonight. We'll tell you about coming up in just a bit as well. But let's take a look back now on how we did this season in our Pick'em segment. Teddy and I have gone head-to-head all year. Oh, man, I closed strong. Wow. Wow. I don't even remember these games. They were so long ago. <laughs> did you go 4 and Army beat Air Force. Ohio State beat Northwestern Alabama. That's not that's not the hardest picks in the world. I think Teddy had to gamble there a little bit to try. Gotcha. So the final totals you see there at the bottom, looks like a five-pick victory uh, for yours truly. And Teddy's Congrats. punishment apparently was to miss the show tonight because of that. So there you go. Glad he's out. I got to slide in. Teddy takes defeat well, so it's probably better yeah, that he's no, not he here. <laughs> we got one football you. game left, though, in the uh, college football season. It's the national championship game on Monday night between Alabama and Ohio State. And our national title preview brought to you by Riverwind. Still the one couple of uh, big-time blue bloods going head-to-head. The Crimson Tide and the Buckeyes, they're going to play it down in Miami at the uh, Orange Bowl Hard Rock Stadium down there, which... Uh, not our favorite stadium no. to broadcast from. So Eli Gold and Paul Keels, knock yourself out down Have there. Have fun with that tiny booth. I am looking forward to the game. It's going to be fun. And uh, what are your thoughts? I want to see Justin Fields match what he did against Clemson. You know, that's the, the, the thing about Ohio State is that Ryan Day probably doesn't get enough credit for the job that he's done. But I think he's a phenomenal coach. I think that's a well-coached football team. Uh, and, you know, Justin Fields, it's funny, I deal a lot in NFL draft talk because I have issues when it comes to the NFL draft, <laughs> as, as you have learned. Yeah. And it's yeah. funny, after the... You're a draft Nick. 
Yeah, that's a good way to put it. After the Northwestern game, the Big Ten Championship game, suddenly it became what's wrong with Justin Fields? He's not even a top five pick. He can't throw the football. Zach Wilson's going to go in front of him. And then he goes out in the Final Four game. And then it becomes, well, maybe Justin Fields should be a little bit higher on the draft board than Trevor Lawrence in some people's minds. So I want to see him do it again. Uh, I hope he's healthy. I mean, that was one heck of a shot yeah. that he took. But I'm, I'm kind of riding with a hot hand right now. I think Ohio you're, State you're is going to pull it Ohio off. You're picking Ohio State to win this game? I think Ohio State's going to pull it off. And I think wow. it's going to be a high-scoring game. Wow. I think it's going to be somebody out there. They're happy the with me. Yeah. I think it's going to be something crazy like 45 to 37. I think it's going to be. Well, a I definitely think it's going to be high crazy scoring. Game. Whoever wins. I mean, that's the way. Isn't it funny how when a Big 12 game is 45, 37, how yeah. there's something wrong. Into but when world. it happens anywhere else, it's the greatest thing anyone's ever seen. Crazy how that works. And COVID concerns in Buckeye Lane. Yeah, Does that worry time. you at all? Sure. Absolutely. But, you know, here's the thing is I just think there is this incredible undersell of the talent that Ohio State has right now. I don't think people realize just how loaded they are. And they've only played seven games. So they're fresh. They haven't gone through the rigors of what Alabama has had to go through, or even for that matter, Clemson, which I'm very surprised that Davos Sweeney didn't go with that excuse this week, which would have been brilliant. Hey, they were the fresher team. Um, but he, he took his loss like a champion. You know, that's, that's what you do. That's what you're supposed to do as a coach. And, you know, it's, it's just I don't think we get just how talented Ohio State is. And I think they're going to pull it off on Monday night. There's a lot of talent on both sides. That's true. Mac Jones, Najee Harris, Jalen Waddle might play Heisman this Trophy game. winner, Devontae Smith. Devontae, oh, yeah, by the way, the Heisman Trophy winner is on that team. <laughs> Trey the Sermon. Remington Award winner is on that team, but he's hurt, so he's out. I, 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 uh, I don't know. I, I would lean a little bit Alabama, but just a little bit. And this is going to be a weird thing to say. But I worry about – I don't worry at all. I don't care if they win or not. <laughs> I, I think there's a chance that maybe the SEC West was so much weaker than it normally is this year that Alabama – what we the domination we saw was a little fool's gold a little bit. Maybe I think so. they're great. I think – don't get oh, me yeah. wrong. I think they're great. But I don't think they've seen – the talent level they're going to face against Ohio State, and I'm I'm eager to see them on the field together. Notre Dame isn't Ohio State, no, and I don't know if Ohio State can play the same way as they did. So I slightly lean Alabama. I, I know we, we got a promotion you're going to do here real quick, but I, I will say I, I don't think the Notre Dame game is a good indicator of the kind of talent that. Alabama is going to face on Monday night. I like Notre Dame. I'm not one of those people. It's like, oh, they should never be in a championship setting again. But Ohio State is on a different. Oh, I'm not going to use different level. Ohio State <laughs> is in a different place with its talent than what I think Notre Dame is right Got now. That's some breaking news that just happened within this segment. Ramondre Stevenson has declared that he is headed to the NFL draft. OU's star running back made it official. I think we anticipated this would likely be the case, but. Ramondre is headed to the NFL. I wish we could have had a full season with Ramondre. He became so fun to talk to after games, Toby. Um, hard worker, fun guy, got really comfortable. His video that he put out the other night on Twitter, we all tried to read into it. It's like, wait, the shirt said I'm back, but he was waving goodbye, and then right. there was a little genie thing. What did the tweet. genie mean? Yeah. But I'm... I, I'm sad in a very selfish, greedy sense in that I want to see Ramonde, uh, Ramondre and the Crimson and Cream for another season. But I'm really happy for him. You know, heading into the season, sure. a guy I follow a lot, NFL draft scout Matt Miller, said he was one of his top running backs. Uh, and now I think he'll have a chance to go to the Senior Bowl still since he has graduated. 
like Adrian Ely did and Creed Humphrey's going to and Trey Brown to sh and, and Trey Norwood for that matter to showcase what he's got. Yeah, it's a, it's a loss for OU, but happy for Amandre. Mm -hmm. We're going to talk comings and goings in, in later weeks, but Kennedy Brooks yeah. coming back is big news. I think you got to love what you saw out of Marcus Major and Seth McGowan, Seth McGowan. in Ooh. the uh, bowl game. So they're going to be in good shape at the running back position, but uh, that's just hot off the press, folks. Just moments ago, I guess he tweeted it out that he's <laughs> headed to the NFL draft. Good Me luck for Andre. Yeah, good luck. But meanwhile, coming up later tonight, obviously we got Lincoln or we got Lon Kruger and Sherry Cole coming up next. But at 11:30 tonight, we're going to have our final airing of the 2000 flashback game. I hope you've enjoyed oh, awesome. the flashback series all year long. We've been looking back at some classic OU games from the past. Chris, you've been a part of these with Teddy and with Gabe. But for the national championship game of 2000, we had a special edition. Bob Stoops joined us. Ronaldo Works. Roy Williams joined us. And we all watched Teddy the game there. together. Teddy Lehman was there. We all watched the game back together. Bob hadn't seen it in years. <laughs> and it's a hoot to watch relaxed Bob Stoops Look back at the national championship game and some of the memories that come flooding back. I really think you're going to enjoy it. That's coming up at 1130 tonight. And I'll add to our legacy series has yep. its latest edition. That's going to drop first thing Friday morning. Looking back at that orange bowl, the coin toss here, Torrance Marshall's story behind it and some legendary calls from Bob Berry Sr. and Merv Johnson. Don't miss it. I tell you, you want to get in a good mood real fast. Just turn on Bob Berry and Merv Johnson. <laughs> the memories just come flooding. It's back. amazing. The legacy series series and the podcast is very cool stuff check it out if you miss any portion of tonight's show you can always catch it on demand via our sooner sports podcast download and subscribe wherever you get your podcast hey thanks for joining us now we'll have our regular schedule kickoff tomorrow toby will dive in and we'll look back on the news from the weekend Ramondre stevenson and ronnie perkins declaring for the nfl draft what does that mean for the sooners going forward and there's going to be some big news some big news in the Sooner Nation that I can't wait to talk about with Toby on the podcast tomorrow. Until then, have a great start to your week and Boomer Sooner, everybody. This has been the Sooner Sports Podcast. The Sooner Sports Podcast is presented by Riverwind, home to a luxury hotel, fine dining, and never-ending rewards. Riverwind is still the one. And Allstate, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review however you listen. The preceding has been a Learfield IMG College presentation of the Sooner Sports Network. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. Like that car riding right your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on AutoTrader too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader.